You are listening to Building the Future, Green Building in the New Millennium, brought to you by SustainableHomesOfTheFuture.com. I'm your host, Ian Sollenberger, and this podcast is for anyone that wants to collaborate and learn more about how to design and construct energy-efficient buildings for an environmentally sustainable future. If you have questions about how to design and build with a lower environmental impact, or you'd like to come on our show as a guest, please email me directly at info at shf, that's sustainable homes of the future, shfbuild.com. Uh, visit our website at shfbuild.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at shfbuild. Our mission with this podcast is to inspire you, our listeners, to go out and be sustainability advocates. Share these ideas so we can truly push this industry forward. We need each and every one of you to help us build the future today. Hello and welcome everybody to Building the Future, Green Building in the New Millennium, uh, the podcast where we talk about all issues, uh, sustainability, when it comes to buildings, when it comes to people, health, um, job creation, all kinds of fun stuff. And, and today, um, I am very lucky to be joined by a good friend of mine, Josh Finkler. Um, he lives in Asheville, in and around Asheville, North Carolina, um, which is where we met. That's where I, I lived before moving out to LA. Um, and yeah, we kind of met in the psychology field. We both had creative backgrounds. Mine is an actor originally, his is a musician and a music teacher. Um, for a while. And then as luck would have it, we were talking the other day and turns out within the last couple of years, both of us have sort of ent entered the uh, energy space, um, you know, in one way or another. So uh, Josh is currently an energy service technician for um, organization called Community Action Opportunities, CAO, um, in North Carolina. And uh, we'll start off, you know, how's the weather over there, Josh? North Carolina. It's hot here. That's why I'm wearing a, a t-shirt. Normally I wear a button down, but zoom. And yeah. All I decided to wear a collar, but it is, um, short sleeve. Oh, nice. Um, that's, that's a good blend. I wasn't sure if we were videoing or, or just <laughs> audio. So, so, um, well, welcome. Yeah. Tell, yes. tell us a little bit about, uh, about you. Wait, the and, weather. Oh yeah. The weather. The weather. Yeah, no, continue. Weather. With the weather. I'm sorry. Very important. It was a legitimate. Comment. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, currently rainy okay. um but uh beautiful it's been super humid but we are um well into spring on our way to summer and it's super green and gorgeous here so the mountains nice. are good to us that's awesome yeah you guys are in the valley of the uh the blue ridge mountains over there in that's western right. north carolina um mm -hmm. so you know I, I asked the weather question specifically because uh, when it is humid, when you're dealing with heat, mm -hmm. and when you're dealing with AC and cooling and energy and, and all that, I'm, I'm sure um, different seasons uh, come into play in, in your, you know, and the specific local climate comes into play a lot with what you're doing. Why don't you sure. tell us a little bit about um, the organization that you work for, your role, and, and uh, just a little bit about, about what you do um, on the day-to-day. -day. Yeah. Um, so community action opportunities has been around for several decades, I think dating back to the 16, uh, 60s or 70s. Um, but the weatherization program, which I'm a part of, uh, I think started up in the 80s or 90s. My dates aren't super specific, but you get the idea. Um, so weatherization. Mm -hmm. which as of two or so years ago, I had never heard of, but it's a federally funded program and serves uh, people in low income or fixed income situations. So a lot of our customers are, you know, living on disability or are retired and um, just have social security and, you know, we're not folks of great wealth um, that we are working with by any means. So they're actually more specifically, um, they have to be no more than 200% of the poverty level, which I guess that varies state to state, but in North Carolina, that's like for a single person, 
it's like around $25,000. So if you make 25,000, give or take, or less, you qualify for a program as a single um, uh, resident. But yeah, so we're serving a lot of our customers are older. Mm -hmm. They oftentimes are older white ladies. Um, for whatever reason, there's, they're the ones that seem to be uh, more on the ball with uh, applying to our program. So it is an application. Uh, it's it's yeah. Uh, yeah. an opportunity so people, for them and then they have to apply. Exactly. Yeah. So, and it really varies how people um, or customers or potential customers hear about our program. Um, oftentimes it's, it might be like through United Way or their counties, like social services might refer us to them. So, so yeah, I live in Buncombe County, but we serve eight or nine surrounding counties. My position as energy service technician brings me in after the um, client has applied, an energy auditor has already come in and inspected the home, gotten some initial readings, and basically what we're looking at for each either stick-built home or mobile home is how leaky, how air leaky the house is. So you're using a blower door test for that? Correct. Cool. So the energy auditors will give that house a blower door test. And then basically, it's a bit arbitrary, but basically our target is about 30% less than that initial reading. So then as energy service technician, myself and my partner come in and we fulfill the work order. So the energy auditor has created a work order for every home and we make contact with that customer and set up a time and then we come in and we do the work. And depending on the size of the house, um, some, uh, uh, yeah, really probably one to three days, but yeah, some of the mobile homes are just, you know, we can knock out in less than a day. And are, with and that, are you just doing air sealing? Um, or are you just yeah, it, looking for the leaky spots and then, and then sealing them up? Are you redoing insulation at all or what, what? not to yeah, get too technical, really, but yeah, no, I mean, there's a lot. There's sort of, I could go very detailed or somewhere yeah, sure. in between, but um, yeah, so I'll give your average mobile home example. And I bring up mobile homes because that's like 60-ish probably percent. The other 40% is stick-built homes. Yeah, you guys have a lot uh, more space uh, for mobile homes out that way than than we do here in, in LA. Okay, yeah. Um. So yeah, mobile homes are oftentimes we go in, the first thing we do is set up the blower door, make sure our reading is the same as the energy auditor's reading, which was probably several months earlier. Hmm. And the weather might be completely different. And based and does on that, a, and that affects it quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say quite a bit, but there's the temperature. And then there's also like, possible changes that the homeowner could have made. Usually the biggest effect might just be they installed or removed a window AC unit. Hmm. We find that's some of the biggest change, but like, I don't know, maybe uh, the front door started, you know, the weather stripping on it went, became faulty in the last couple of months or could be and a number for, of things. For those who are unfamiliar with, you know, the blower door test, just, you know, quickly, Basically, you, you try to seal everything uh, as much as possible, and yes. then you're putting a fan, a big powerful fan in the, uh, in the door and mm -hmm. blowing air in to see how Out. many, is it air changes that you're looking for? We don't deal exactly in air changes. What I've found is air changes seem to be um, less in the weather. You can do an equation and get the air changes per hour. Okay. But we, de we deal in um, 
forgive me, I've been out of the field for three months. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we deal in uh, essentially how many uh, CFMs are flowing through the fan every minute. Got it. Um, so you're measuring the fan and the fan speed, essentially. Exactly. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, and what are, so, some, what are some numbers uh, for that? I mean, if we're not going to talk air changes, what, what's the basic sort of usual yeah. number that you're looking at going in? And, and I think for your average, I think like a decent number is, so say it's a mobile home that's a thousand square feet. If you have a thousand um, cubic feet per minute CFMs, mm-hmm. that's decent. And the tighter the home already is, the you know less likely we're going to make a whole bunch of improvement. Okay. Um, and so the number what, would be lower than there would be less air blowing. Um, yeah. Okay. Just making sure I, yeah, I have yeah, it yeah. clear in my head. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the, um, it gets mathy. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> we don't have to do the math, but just, it just so but whoever's yeah. listening kind of understands basically yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, what they're looking at. Yeah. Um, so yeah, from there we, depending on the house, there's not only are we concerned with how tight the house is, but we also want to make sure that we're um, enacting or installing some health and safety measures, Nice. which include simple things. But I mean, my house as of uh, like a month ago, didn't have a smoke detector in every room. And that's probably the situation for many people. Yeah. And even more so for people that, can't easily afford to grab, you know, four extra smoke detectors because for a decent one, you know, they might be like 30 bucks a pop or something. Right. Or who, do, who don't have D batteries laying around and just, you know, it right. slips your mind for a couple of months and then all of a sudden you just don't have a, don't have one. You exactly. Know? Yeah. I know exactly. How it goes. So that's something that's often overlooked that we install um, carbon monoxide. And then um, one of the things we do for, almost every job is install a what we call it a whole house fan but it's also mm. a bathroom exhaust fan nice. um, and that pulls air from the outside essentially through the leaks that are already existent in the house out the house and brings in fresher air um, nice. And that's where yeah. you're really talking about air changes then at that point. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, whether, no matter how tight your house is, you know, you got to be getting a super high dollar house. If you're talking like whatever you guys talk with air changes, but like, well, what's interesting to zero air changes. Yeah, that's exactly. Be, you have to, you know, bring in the, uh, whatever that's called, the ventilation system where yeah, you're... The, the um, ventilation recovery uh, fan recovery. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we don't have to worry about that. Um, but then on the other hand, if we make the house too tight, then <laughs> we don't ever have to use those systems because we've never made a house that tight. But sometimes it's like this weird thing. We have a, this ASHRAE calculator. Right. I'm getting pull me back in when you need to but essentially ashray i can't remember the exact uh, acronym but basically it's the acronym for like the hvac folks and like the regulations for for hvac stuff yeah, yeah yeah it's um but basically they have a calculator and that tells we don't even use it the technicians but the auditors determine how many cfms need to be pulled out of the house for it to be safe. And then if the house is like too tight, then you might need to add other exhaust fans because you don't have enough exchanging air and, and then it becomes not safe. So 
Well, and, and one safe. of the interesting things you brought up, I, I think is cool it, because what you're talking about, about pulling, you know, putting the basic fan in, in the bathroom and then pulling mm-hmm. the leaky air. I mean, essentially what you're doing is, is pressurizing a room or depressurizing a room. Depre- yeah. So when you turn a fan on, that's depressurizing the room. And so then that's and pulling all the air is going to, going to go there because that's where it wants right. to get out. You have what they call the makeup air mm-hmm. that, because your your house is always trying to get back to the equilibrium. Right. So if you depressurize, then the outside air is trying to pull its way in to repressurize. And so you have your degree in thermodynamics, right, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I have been watching a lot of trainings because we've been uh, out of the field for the last three months. Yeah, and I've watched an insane amount of videos. So I have learned a lot. Cool. No means am I at all an expert. Don't tell your listeners that. Strike that from the video. <laughs> but, but yeah, I have learned a lot sort of in theory. Yeah. So it'll be interesting when I start back this coming Monday, the 15th, see if any of that has uh, sort of <laughs> taken, taken effect, will be helpful. I don't know. We'll see. And I love, I love that you guys are looking at, you know, obviously it's sort of twofold. You're, you're interested in helping save these folks money, energy, you know, yeah. and energy, you know, which is, which is money at the end of the day, but mm-hmm. you're also looking at the health piece too. And that's a lot of what no, we talk no about here on the podcast and our, um, you know, sustainable consulting uh, and development company is, mm-hmm. you know, you're having to figure out these different um, project goals you know, mm-hmm. based on the client. Now for you guys, you're looking at it, yes, individually client by client, but really it's a program that's geared toward a specific client in a specific sort of position. So it's a little probably less, uh, you know, different from, from client to client uh, or from home right. to home. But um, the fact that you're, you're looking at the environmental costs, you're looking at the actual monetary cost, and then you're also looking at the people cost. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's my working definition of sustainability is people, right. profit and planet all coming together and, and benefiting mm-hmm. whatever it is. You're yeah. Doing. So it sounds like you guys are, are right in line with that and in step mm-hmm. with that, which is awesome. Um, do you know anything about, you said it's for the U S department of energy. Do yes. you know how many States or anything? I guess I should, I should have done that research before I hopped on here, but yeah, um, I think every state. I think nearly every state. I want to say Alaska recently pulled out, um, but definitely close to fifty. Um, um, I'm I'm curious because a, a lot of and that's awesome. That's really cool. So for anybody that's out there, you know, who's in a position where you're saying, "Oh man, I'm hurt here, don't have a job," you know, I'm I'm struggling, and it would really help. I know my house is you know, not safe and never stays cold, never stays hot when right. I want it to, then you probably have a very leaky house. And yeah. there are things that can be done, whether it's through a program like this or um, through, you know, the private sector as well. There are opportunities to get energy, energy yeah. auditors in. And it might actually, the, that upfront cost, um, I don't know, do you guys look at spreadsheets and try to figure out sort of like the payback cost at all for, for what you're doing? I know on well, the private side they do. Yeah, on the private side, they do. With us, the customer pays nothing. That's incredible. Um, so, but yeah, this is WAP, Weatherization Assistance Program. And yes, like, like we were just saying, it's pretty much every state has a weatherization assistance program, which again, like I said in the beginning, I had no knowledge of two, yeah. two-ish years ago. So it yeah it's a it, it's a beautiful thing and um i'm but, curious josh um yeah it's really cool that you ended up i'd like to hear a little bit uh of your story of sort of how you ended up with i'm sure you knew a guy who knew a guy but um <laughs> you know I, I do know that you went to warren wilson um college which is there yes. in western north carolina and i remember yes. you telling me a while back uh when we were working together 
about how every semester, um, even in the summer, I think, you would mm-hmm. be involved in some sort of building project on campus. Yeah. And that really uh, sparked my interest at the time and love to hear more about that and how maybe that contributed to, um, you know, you either taking this job or knowing somebody, you know, to, to mm-hmm. in, the, in the building industry or um, yeah. in the energy industry. Yeah. Uh, well, Warren Wilson College is a very small liberal arts college, but it is also a work college part of the a handful of work colleges that are part of the work college consortium Hmm. and um it for me the pro you know i graduated in 05 for me the program um looked like every student worked on some work crew for 15 hours every week wow um that's quite an addition in addition to um, your studies and in addition to uh, volunteering, which was a minimum of a hundred hours during your four years or however long it took you to graduate. Like <laughs> myself, a little, a little longer. But um, yeah, so I was fortunate enough my first semester to be placed on a crew called Campus Support, but we essentially were a construction crew. Um, And yeah, so I did every aspect um, of building, not necessarily homes, there were some campus um, residences for staff and faculty that we worked on, but we were also you know, maybe doing additions to existing buildings, um, built decks, we did roofs, um, you know, I did some tile work here and there. Um, we would help the painting crew if they were like behind schedule and we would help other crews from time to time. But so 15 hours over every week, over four years, that's a lot of hours. So granted I wasn't doing that full time, but I gained a lot of skill and I skills that I really like hardly practiced at all before I went to college. So yeah, it was a total game changer and confidence builder for, you know, that skill set. Mm-hmm. Granted, I didn't go into construction. Um, once I graduated, I studied psychology. So I went into mental health and that's how I met Ian here. But um, yeah, so <laughs> then there was a few things in my life that happened in between. I, I went back to school for music education and then my baby was on the way and I was like, shoot, I'm not making enough money. And I was just on Indeed. I didn't actually know a guy who knew another guy. Oh, another guy. you just were the guy. I just <laughs> happened upon wow. community action opportunities and honestly at that time i i was really happy with my work i was teaching music privately Mm -hmm. um and teaching um preschool as well but i wasn't making enough money to support the lifestyle that um, my wife and i wanted for us and our child to be um so yeah I, i i i went back in the job search and I was just like, I want to find something that pays me decently and I'm going to be reasonably happy with and ended up finding something that paid me reasonably well. And I was really happy with. So yeah, that's Warren Wilson. How I, uh, um, went from Warren Wilson to community action opportunities. And I've been there for a couple of years and, um, yeah, it's been, it's been really good. Weird. The last several months. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, we'll see how it feels going back. But you guys are still as a as a group. You're you're still funded. The money's still there. Yeah, you're you're fortunately. Okay, that's good. We were of the lucky of the lucky percentile within our nation. So nice. Um, so you know, we talked a little bit about like safety strategies, uh, the installation there. Um, I think I asked a question and then I asked, maybe I asked two questions at the same time. Um, but are you also doing 
uh, insulation installation or, or oh, retrofit insulation, yeah. at all in um, addition to ceiling yes. and stuff? And that's a big thing, yeah. So um, we don't do a ton of, well, we do some um, crawl space ceiling um, in mobile homes, but when we do air ceiling, um, like spray foam and, and um, that's mostly in stick belt homes mm -hmm. and in the attics and the basements, right. but the attic is, the, is, is really the biggest effect. And then fortunately, cause it doesn't seem like a super glamorous job. Not that my work is super glamorous, but we subcontract, um, the insulation portion. Okay. And um, how much, um, are you guys making the decisions then on what type of insulation it is? Are you sticking with whatever type was already in the house? Um, Cause I know there's a lot of, you know, there's not a lot of next level stuff out there now. Obviously mm -hmm. the cost for some of that is a little bit more if you're trying to, you know, get away from VOCs and get toward, you know, cleaner materials or even sustainable materials. Mm -hmm. um, but I know all that stuff's out there. So I'm curious if your program has people that are doing the buying. Are you leaving that up to the subs? How does that work? Mm -hmm. um, I'm pretty sure we do fiberglass, blown fiberglass. Mm -hmm. And um, our code in North Carolina, or at least for you know our region, is I want to say it's about 16 inches of blown cellulose. Okay. Which gets to you, don't quote me on this, but like low to mid 30 um, resistance. On the R uh, values, yeah. On the R values. So that's great. Um, and then, you know, depending on the home, uh, if it's a mobile home, we do dense packing. Okay. The subs do dense packing. Still which, the fiberglass or cellulose? No. Yeah. Still fiberglass. Still fiberglass. Okay. I think we use exclusively fiberglass. Well, it's interesting. I was on the DOE website um, uh, for for the other half of our podcast, which is more scripted um, with with me and the CEO of the company. Um, mm -hmm. And I was looking at their website, and the, the they do have on there like the top four strategies for you know energy energy conservation, and one of them is uh, that that loose blown. Um, Fiberglass. Fiberglass or cellulose, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, so that, that's interesting because I've heard a lot about cellulose and seen yeah. it in a lot of buildings out here, but I'm curious, you know, if you guys are having those discussions or... Yeah, it's it's something that we... I, I haven't looked at our standards in that um, section, so I'm guessing... It, it could be our agency's choice i really don't know but it's either our agency's choice and it might be cheaper than cellulose i think it is yeah i think um, i think it is um so that might play a role but it might also be um you know cellulose doesn't hold up to leaks water leaks um so you know a lot of our a lot of our houses that we work on have or will have um, a roof leak. Yeah. So um, fiberglass is gonna, you know, not soak that up and um, be messed up if there is a, a a leak. So that's one of the downfalls of cellulose. But yeah, as far as um, I guess renewability, or uh, maybe that's not the right word, but I mean, it's a recycled product. It's yeah, sustainability. Yeah. It's a recycled product. Um, but that's, so. but you make a really good point that, I mean, there are more factors, you know, there are a lot of folks out there, you know, certainly myself included that, you know, we're all rah, rah, let's use the, you know, the one that's got the least embodied carbon and, you right. know, recycled and all this, right. but there are a lot of different sort of back end things that, that have to be um, considered in design considerations, right. essentially what, what you're talking about where, right. you know, are you trying to get a higher U value or maybe have less embodied carbon um, in your building at the, you know, at the, at the cost of having, you know, 
water, which can lead to mold and other things like mm-hmm. that. So, so health, I mean, you have to balance all of those different objectives mm-hmm. out in order to make uh, the proper decision. It sounds like what yeah. you're using is, is the right uh, yeah. tool for the job. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, those, again, those decisions are not decisions that I have to make. Um, but they make, you know, from, from how I understand it, it makes, it makes sense. And yeah, we're not, uh, we're nonprofit. Um, so you're trying to keep costs low, obviously. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we want to be able to, you know, the lower our costs, the more, more customers we can serve. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause we get a certain amount of monies and the monies that we receive are also based on how many customers we serve from year to year. So um, hopefully we aren't going to be affected. We'll, we'll sort of get a pass for this for 2020 or 19, 2020 um, with, you know, cause obviously we haven't been serving folks for the last three months. So our numbers are going to be way, way low, but yeah, if we serve a hundred people um, or homes in a year, then that's sort of the expectation for the following year. And that's how much money we get approximately for that following fiscal year. Cool. Um, so obviously you're, you know, managing your, uh, you know, your uh, P&L, you know, or not you personally, but the, right. the group is managing that and saying, okay, well, if we can figure out some way to cut, some costs here and there, then, you know, right. maybe that money that was supposed to help a hundred people can help 120 people. And that's right. fantastic. Yeah. Nice. Um, I'm curious, you know, with you personally, I'm not a home owner, home owner. Um, I, I rent here in Los Angeles, which a lot of us do. Um, but in that neck of the woods, there are some, some more, uh, shall we say competitive house prices. Um, <laughs> and I know you, you've done a decent amount of work, yourself just on your own home um have you learned anything from working uh, in the position that you're in now that you've been able to sort of consider in your own home or have you looked into more things about your your home based you know health wise or energy wise based on on your position now yeah for sure i mean you know i'm doing it (laughs) i mean i've been in hundreds of people's homes and I see the problems that they have. Fortunately, for the most part, I don't have any of those problems. Uh, our current house, actually, um, we, we purchased in September of 2019, and it had a um, conditioned crawl space hmm. um, with radon mitigation, because radon's a pretty big problem yeah. uh, in Western North Carolina. Um, so toxic gas for anybody that, you know, wants to look that up. It's a toxic gas, natural occurring gas that Mm -hmm. can kill a brother. And basically you just kind of use again, thermodynamics, uh, you know, to your advantage for most radon. I know there's a couple different ways of doing it, but the one I've heard of for the radon system is basically just a tube. It's like a little like gas chamber, excuse me, underneath Mm -hmm. the house. And then a tube that just shoots it all straight up mm-hmm. you know it all gathers and then again you're using sort of pressure and, and yeah uh, from the earth and and physics and all that exactly yeah 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 so that's so that was already in your lovely. house that's great that's amazing yeah yeah we had the receipts for it and everything and it was like six grand of work there's a built-in sump pump um so yeah our house is pretty good to go that's great. And did they, the they told you that like when you bought the place or was that something you, are you required to nope. inquire about? Are they required to disclose or anything in the sale? Um, I don't think we found out about it until, no, that's not true. The first time we uh, visited the home with our realtor before we made an offer, um, we went down there and I was like, Oh cool. There's, this and there's dehumidification and there's a sump pump and they're like, Oh, that's great. Um, and then, uh, when we were under contract and 
you know, most people, uh, most buyers get an inspection. So our inspector was like, oh, I actually know the agency or know some of the people that work for the agency that did um, that uh, crawl space encapsulation hmm. is what they call it. Um, and uh, yeah, so he thought highly of them, but he, you know, obviously still, still went over and checked it out and it was all good. So, so yeah. Uh, but with my own house, you know, um, what else? The attic, the attic needs some love. The attic has <laughs> not been, except for a couple of things. Cause I, I actually installed a bath fan um, and a bath exhaust fan. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you say bath fan and people imagine like a spinning fan, um, which you, yeah, you can't blame them for that. It's a fan. And they're mm-hmm. like, wait, why do you want to install a fan in my bathroom? What's that? Going to be? <laughs> but no, it's an exhaust fan. Um, so yeah, I think code way back when uh, my house was built in the early sixties. So if you had a window in the bathroom, you didn't need a bath fan, but we don't really honestly open the windows a ton because mm-hmm. it's so humid um especially you know especially in the summer and spring um so yeah i wanted to know we had an existing bath fan and i wanted another one for that bathroom and it just you know we run it for like 30 minutes or whatever um but actually um uh well I'll, I'll continue talking about my house a little bit um the main concern that i have right now in my house as far as energy consumption is the fact that we have a whole house attic fan, mm. which depending on who you ask, or some people are like, Oh wow, that's great. And, um, you know, you're bringing, bringing, you know, you open up the windows in the evening when it's cooled down outside and you bring in uh, fresh air, um, and fresh in quotations, you know, that could be good or bad depending on where you live. Um, and you bring it out, uh, into the attic and then out of the house. Um, but what we're experiencing, cause pretty sure our attic fan is original to the house. Hmm. And you look at the, um, louvers on it and they're like kind of wonky and you just walk down the hall where the attic fan is. And it's like a different ecosystem in there. Really? Uh, and so I'm like, man, we got to get rid of this thing and seal that up. Right. Air seal up there um, and blow in a bunch of insulation. Because, yeah, I mean, it, we're, this it's, is our first, this is going to be our first summer. So it's we're big really, time energy loss there. Basically. Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, so I'm really curious to see um, because I don't know when I'm going to get to it. Um, I'm curious to see what this summer is going to be like, but maybe it'll be interesting to see what this summer is like and then hopefully fix it shortly Mm -hmm. thereafter and um, then compare it to the upcoming summer or the, you know, summer of 2021. Mm -hmm. So anyways, yes, I'm constant. I'm constantly thinking about the efficiency of my home, what seems good about it, how it's being, pressurized or depressurized by by fans exhaust fans etc in the home i'm thinking about you know i've been noticing now how uh sam sitting on my couch Mm -hmm. i stand up and i'm like shoot it's hotter i just stood up and i'm like three (laughs) feet higher if your house is like well ventilated and balanced and dot 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 you shouldn't have that stratification and we got that so something's awry <laughs> yeah. and, and do you have do you guys have ceiling fans that are helping move air around yeah. at all you yeah do. yeah okay. yeah, yeah we we've, we've got we, we definitely have ceiling fans and we use those in the evening mm-hmm. and try not to you know set set our uh, ac as you know high a temp as possible right. um while still being comfortable but yeah i mean it's pretty amazing what um you know, I'm sure in California, I don't know about LA area, but I've been in San Francisco and it's like, yeah, I mean, HVAC is kind of, mm, some places kind of non-existent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I live in Santa Monica. Get, a, get away without it. 
Exactly. It's the same. It's a similar situation to up there where we're at because it, it is. It's okay. a, um, a you know a coastal climate. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Which even in LA, I mean, we have a really unique situation here in Los Angeles where, um, from you know a ten mile drive could get you a twenty degree difference. Oh wow, um, crazy! You know, it'll be eighty one here, yeah. and they're telling us that it's one hundred five. You know, over in Palm Springs, you know, yeah. that's a little further, but yes. still, I mean, from desert to, to beach, to mountain, to, you know, we, there's a lot of different stuff going on around here. Right. Um, so different considerations, you know, a lot of times in the energy world, there's talk of climate zones and there's, you know, climate zones one through mm-hmm. five, basically in the United States. And I think, you know, yes, as a whole, Los Angeles is, I think, uh, climate zone, you know, moderate, whatever that is like two or mm-hmm. something. And, and so, uh, you know, but like you have to look at the microclimate too. I mean, you, you, and I'm sure, you know, your area is kind of similar. I I lived there for a little while and there's the isothermal belt, um, Mm -hmm. which again can, you know, temperatures can, can differ. Weather can differ, um, pretty greatly, you know, Mm -hmm. just a couple miles down the road, 10, 15 miles down the road, based Mm -hmm. on which side of the mountains you're on and out of the valley you're on and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, if you're really doing a a great job as a designer or an auditor or, you know, in your program as well, you have to take those kinds of things into consideration. Um, The dog agrees. Anything else that, you know, you think is kind of worth sharing about just energy or, um, access to programs like this um and then you know maybe hit us up with a couple uh websites or links or whatever that i can put in the the show notes for anybody that has questions yeah like to know more yeah well for your north carolina listeners (laughs) uh um, our website is communityactionopportunities.org um and while i'm thinking of that one important part um, which is a different funding source uh, I can't remember what it's called now I want to say harp um, hmm. heating I'm gonna mess it up so I won't even bother but um, one of the things that our program also does is uh, serve clients like a lot of people that apply to our um, program just have HVAC problems. Hmm. And so um, there's different priority ratings based on the customer's age, based on the needs of the home. And if they are elderly and it's like October 1st or later, and they don't have working heat, they yeah. become like top of the list. Okay. So that's, great. Um, that's a big thing. And so, yeah, we go and either replace or um, uh, repair uh, non-functioning uh, HVAC systems. You know, but, uh, we have heat pumps. A lot mm-hmm. of people have heat pumps. Um, uh, some people have old furnaces, some people are rocking kerosene, um, natural gas. Um, not sure if people are do propane, but anyway, so an electrical, so, so we have a, a lot of different, um, scenarios but we have an hvac specialist and that's not my department so we either have our hvac specialist who comes in diagnoses and repairs or if it's a new system then we sub that out um and the new systems we put in um we have another program called blue horizon that we partner with and um i would say you were asking me when we were texting beforehand about more renewable energy stuff so i I would say some of the fanciest stuff that we do for our customers yeah 
um, uh, is installing mini splits. Nice. So yeah, I love mini. We've splits. done we've we've done work, um, and I want to say we usually use Mitsubishi. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know the specs of the stuff that we install. I just know that you know, hands down, they're way more way more efficient in our. Yeah. Um, uh, oftentimes, I come in and do my end of the work after the HVAC work has been done. So I get to, you know, I'm usually welcomed with uh, open arms with our customers like, oh, wow, you know, we noticed so much difference and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Hopefully it'll become even better after I do some air sealing and other installations. And then we have the insulation folks come in and be like, what? Like, hopefully it'll be <laughs> just way cheaper and it's and it is not necessarily just how you know cheap it is to heat your home it's how like comfortable your home will feel and you're paying less so um you know you're not going to hopefully be feeling all that that, that sort of draftiness yeah um classic drafty feeling so well, and there's some really interesting, I mean, since you brought that up, there's some really interesting stuff now, I, I think for all sorts of different levels, um, there are, there's financing that you can do. So like, let's say a homeowner like yourself said, oh man, my gas furnace really just is not, you know, I know it's not going to last for very much longer. I need to do something. I'm shopping around. Um, if you're making uh and this, this is for new construction too, actually, interestingly enough. Um, it's called the PACE program, P-A-C-E. Okay. And um, it, it is a loan that's actually tied to your taxes. So you pay it back, mm -hmm. they, they'll give you a loan, and it's for energy upgrades in the home. Mm -hmm. um, so for anybody that doesn't qualify for your program, that's an opportunity yeah. um, you know, to, to go out and you know, maybe get a $10,000 loan or a $5,000 loan get a brand new, you know, system, you could throw some solar panels on the top of your, yeah. you know, your house, if you're installing electric systems, and you can yeah. roll that all into um, you know, a loan that would be then tied to your property tax property assessed. Yeah. I can't remember the C and the E, but property assessed uh, something energy. Oh, you're talking about pace. <laughs> that's yeah. the pace loan. Yeah, that's what it's. Yeah, yeah. But um, we clearly the two of us are not acronym. Uh, <laughs> No. Really remembering acronyms, but that's okay. Um, well, I'm glad. I'm glad you brought up the cow, though. CAO. <laughs> CAO. Oh wait, yes. that was off the record. Sorry. Um, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just really excited about about yeah all the, all the innovations program? that is. I think it's still state by state, um, but okay. it's something that you know lenders were not lenders weren't super savvy when it came to. Uh, sustainability until yeah. the last few years when there's all this stuff coming out and all these you know new innovations and ideas uh, in the space and there the costs are coming down to the point now where it's very feasible for somebody mm -hmm. to you know maybe they still need a little bit of help to get them over that hump but um, right. you know like it's it's more manageable than what it used to be because of yeah. all the efficiency upgrades in the electric space so yeah um, and when you can like I said when you can tie that to a solar panel and create some of your own energy, even if it's not, you're not having a net zero home or anything. Right. Um, but if you're looking at all these aspects of how to make your home, uh, you know, expend or use less energy, um, and there's loans that can help you, you know, basically get your house to above code, think, you know, how much value that could provide then on the back end if you were looking to sell mm -hmm. your home in four or five years and you've got a right. three or four year old brand new, um, you know, system. Yeah. You're going to have to disclose to whoever's buying it that their property tax is going to be slightly higher. And that's why, but I think the value's there and more and more people are doing it. And now there's these programs there to help support people in that. So it, it really excites me. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, no, I think it's, you know, things like that it somehow sort of just coast under the radar. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of people don't really find out about them. And, um, but yeah, I mean, that's different than uh, what I'm, um, you know, community action, what the work that we do, but at the same time, you know, I mean, I, I would say it's 
more or less probably serving a different demographic. For sure. For sure. Um, but, um, but, you know, we have the same problem with our program. You know, we, I mean, we have enough customers, but still, you know, there could, there could be a lot more people applying. Um, some of the more rural counties too, like Buncombe County is where we, we do most of our work and that's where Asheville, North Carolina, which um, is a you know, small city. Um, but yeah, some, some of the rural counties, it's like we have a handful every year um, mm. of people applying to our program. And, but there's so many people that could benefit from it. So it's, it's too bad, but I'm not a, like, I'm not on the marketing end. And so yeah, not getting, not getting paid to up our application um, output or whatever. So, yeah. Well, luckily I am getting paid to get the word out about all of these yeah. different, um, these programs and opportunities for, for folks regardless yeah. of demographics. So you guys are doing great work. Weatherization is good field for sure. And I well, recommend it to anyone that's likes helping people mm -hmm. is, is uh, reasonably handy, but you know, I feel like if you're, you can, uh, wield with decent coordination, um, some power tools that you could get by in this field. Um, yes, there was some on the job learning that, or primarily on the job learning that, that occurred. But um, yeah, it's a great field. I mean, weatherization uh, does employ thousands of people across the, across the U.S. So. That's great. Yeah. That's wonderful. Um, I'm glad you're happy. Glad you have a job yeah. and enjoy. No doubt. Um, and yeah, say hello to the family for me and, uh, Absolutely. I will talk to you sometime soon. I'm sure. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, Josh Finkler. All right. Action opportunities. 